0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode six of the Catch Kate podcast. Today, we are going to be heading for El Salvador. Like all the other countries in Central America, people will tell you, no, you can't go there. But as usual, we are going there and we are going to have so much fun. And adventures today as well as learning about the biodiversity. So the first place I headed for was a small town called El Tunco and El Tunco is very very famous among surfers. They have competitions, well international competitions, where people from all over the world would come to surf some of the greatest waves and it really is a surfer's paradise. It's a small little town, maybe like two streets and everything is very chill, everything is very relaxed and yeah, just a really beautiful vibe. And before I had arrived here, um, as you know from the last episode, I had been in Guatemala in a town called Antigua, uh, which is quite built up and quite modern. But when I arrived here, I was like, oh, like I really felt oh, I'm back home because the ocean, yeah, the ocean is always calling me. So I decided to stay in this lovely hostel. And it was like maybe one or two minute walk from the the ocean front. Not even. And I stayed there and the the staff, um, Luis, who I'm still friends with, um on instagram and facebook and all that he was so so lovely um he oh like he did so much for me during my trip i i still can't thank him enough he basically would bring me down to the beach most days for like just walks and he brought me around to meet his friends and he had a dog called pepe and pepe was so funny like pepe would come into the hostel and he'd literally jump up on the beds and everything. I didn't mind because like I was in one hostel dorm that had maybe 10 beds. And Pepe'd come in in the morning and, and he was this big, huge dog and these huge ears. And he'd come into the hostel dorm and he'd lie up in the bed. And I'd be like, whoa, Pepe, what are you doing in here? And I would just tell Luis, like, you know, he's fine. You know, I have no problem with the dog coming in. Um, But yeah, if anybody else were to come into the hostel, it's like, yeah. Make sure the dog isn't in there. So yeah, we used to do like our daily walks to the beach and we'd throw coconuts into the water for Pepe. Pepe loved coconuts. And yeah, it was just so lovely because it became like my little home for a while. And Luis also would bring me shopping. And one of my first ventures shopping, we went to a supermarket outside of the town, like up the road, maybe 10 minutes. And I remember going there and like everybody was staring at me. Because obviously El Salvador isn't very well known with, you know, tourists and people were just, yeah, I was like, oh my God. But they were so, 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 so lovely. And my heart, like, I... It was like kind of, it was like I was a famous person or something, you know. People were coming over saying, do you need help with something? Would you like to buy this? Or do, do you need help with, with weighing your vegetables? Or would you like this bag? I, I, I just couldn't get over the big hearts that they had. And, you know, before going to El Salvador, at one point in my trip, I thought, oh, from Guatemala, I'm going to take a plane and fly down to Costa Rica because everybody told me, Oh, the countries kind of in the center of Central America aren't catered for tourists and you're gonna be really like at risk of gangs and theft and all of that. And I, I was so worried, but then when I met the people, I was like, Oh my god, like they couldn't be more wrong. And like those gangs that they talk of, yeah, they might be in inner city or whatever, but they're not targeting like tourists. Like there's they're the own they've their own stuff going on. But like the tourists are bringing money in like they're supporting the economies and the locals love that because it's helping them to survive, like developing countries and stuff like that. You're helping their economy. So they want you there and they want to know about you and, and they love having support and they want more people to come. And they would ask me like they they would say, please don't like, you know, we really want you to have a lovely stay in our country. And when you go home, like, please say lovely things about our country and and this is what I'm doing now. I I want you all to know that these countries are safe and the people there are so lovely and, you know, I didn't ask to be taken care of there, but they did it anyway. After my lovely shopping, like my shopping trips were the highlights of just so much fun. Um, It wasn't even like a tourist uh, thing to do, but they were just so much fun. I just used to love the kindness and the little chats we'd have in the supermarkets you know just yeah like you know when you're away from home and you feel vulnerable and getting that care from people really means a lot you know. So getting back to El Tunco this location is really for you if you're into the ocean if you love surfing the chill vibes and you have the most miraculous sunsets and sunrises mostly the sunsets oh my goodness they're amazing and I used to go down in the evenings and watch them but just so beautiful and you can just get up in the morning and have your coffee like the coffee is very famous in El Salvador they have amazing coffee plantations um, but again as I'll say the environmental concern they're clearing land for coffee plantations another environmental thing I would mention when I would go down in the mornings to watch the surfers oh miraculous like your eyes would be oh they were unreal and like that's literally how they live like they're surfers there and they're just out there every day of the week I was like oh my god they're so skilled like I was like how am I going to go out there like I I was like how can I do this you know um but you have to get over your fear and you got to do it so i went out anyways one of the days it was super rough and oh yeah it was very i was very scared cuz these waves at the time they they're definitely for professionals they were massive like meters high and i was like this is not safe and i did get into a couple of difficulties there but Luckily, there was one boy on a bodyboard. Like some of the boys out there, they could be like nine or 10 and they're out there on bodyboards in these waves. And I'm like, wow. Like, I, I just can't believe it. Such talent. But you know, they're starting at five, six, seven years of age. So they're unreal. And the environmental concern that I'm talking about is the flooding. So one of the mornings I was down there on the beachfront sitting on the rocks and there was just this massive flood. So basically all the runoff from the little villages behind El Tunco, all that river water was flooding in and the amount of rubbish was just horrific and the water was just really, really dirty. And that is like a big problem in El Salvador you know, sometimes they use chlorine or trying to do filtration. Some of the, like, toxic use of agrochemicals, some of that is so strong that even filtration and chlorine can't make it safe to drink. Like, it's that bad. And people are really suffering in the countryside. And they believe, like, there was some, there was some stats saying that, like, in the next 80 years... They may not have access to fresh, clean water. And there are hundreds and thousands of people that don't have access to drinking water. So, as I always say, please be grateful that you have this. That you can just go to your tap and turn it on. Because people are struggling out there. And we need to see the planet as a whole. Not as like individual places. And... Recently, I met a guy working for some business and he was delivering something and we got chatting about global concerns and environment and all that. And I had mentioned about, you know, some of the concerns we're facing and he just said to me, but that's over there and we're here. And I was like, oh, like this is the issue is that people think we're separate. We are not separate. Everything is one and like trying to explain it to some people who are ignorant or they just they just don't want to open their eyes to it and at some stage or another we're all going to be hit, you know. Now is the time for us to really take action and, and, and stop it and reverse. I do believe that each individual on the planet has a right to clean drinking water and it is something that we need to work on and yeah, improve at a global scale. So, going back to El Tunco, this guy on the beachfront was asking me, what should we do, Kate? What should we do? Like, there's this massive flood and rubbish and dirt everywhere. And he felt powerless. And I understand that, you know, those people don't have much. And it's important that those who can, and have a voice, Raise this concern, um, because the more people that know about it, the the more the better our awareness is, you know, and last night, actually, I posted about how we must not worry about what the planet is going to look like in fifty years. like we must not focus on the degradation of the planet. we must focus on how it is going to improve because if you are tuned into your thoughts, Thoughts are mental energy and what we think about usually creates itself. Well, it does in fact. Every every everything that has been created originally comes from a thought. So if we can focus on how beautiful, how diverse, how marvelous the planet is going to be once it is regenerated how glowing and vibrant it will be once we all are on this path together to help her restore and regain balance then this is what will happen you know so if we can use our energy wisely like our mind and what we're focusing on this is what we can envision for our future and sometimes as well we can get kind of lost in our own problems and our own suffering and it's so important to get a global perspective on this and realize that there are people out there that do have it worse and it's not negating your problems or what you're facing it's just at times we need to look at a bigger perspective um, because the mind can really trick you into thinking negatively and can get you on this negativity loop so it's important to just try and pull yourself out and think about okay how can I help how can I how can I serve other people because actually it it stops the mind in the negative loop and it, it gets you on a path to more optimism and, and empowerment really because once you start helping and serving others it just snaps you out of that so today and this week a little tip could be when you're thinking in your mind of you know, maybe how you can help or or how you can serve the planet even thoughts you know even thoughts can help like wishing the world that it would become greener and more stable and wishing that all people have access to clean drinking water and eliminate suffering and eliminate starvation like even just having thoughts like this this has an impact so you could try this and I really do believe that it's going to make a difference. After El Túnco, I went to a town called Santa Ana, And I was very, very nervous before going here because I had to actually go into San Salvador. And from, yeah, if you look on the news, you will realize that highest murder per capita in the world and also you know you read about the gangs again and all of this and I was like bricking it I was like oh my goodness I can't do this I can't do this what are you doing Kate and then I was like okay look at least I'm doing what I love and I've accomplished some of my dreams so if I'm going now I'm going but you know I I had faith I had trust that I would get there so before I left I had priced a coach tourist coach and they were like telling me $80 and I was like oh wow that's a lot especially when you're backpacking and you know buses only cost a dollar or way less even I was like 80 like serious so I was like you know what I'm gonna try the local buses and see if I can get there and also another thing the El Salvador they use the dollar so always really important in Central America to have dollars on you and yeah off I went up to the main road from El Tunco. And I remember standing at... Well, it wasn't really a bus stop. There was, like, a shop. Like, if you if you think about the size of a a door, like, this was, like, the shop with... um They're, like, on the side of the road anyways. These little shops. And they just have, like, sweets and chocolates and all that. And I bought some, kind of, snacks for the bus because I, I really didn't know how long I'd be on the bus. Sometimes I'd get on the road and I wouldn't arrive until, like that night so it's always so important to have a few snacks in the bag so I got my snacks and they they were like questioning me they were like where are you going and I was like telling them and they were like oh okay and they looked worried when I told them and I was like oh no I'm really this isn't safe anyways the bus came I got on I paid the money Uh, about half an hour later I arrived in San Salvador I got off the bus by this bridge I was told to get off at a bridge and there was a huge church and I really needed the toilet at this stage. So I went towards the church and I asked, was there a toilet? And they pointed where it was. And it was like below the church, like in this kind of basement area. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't safe at all. So I went down with my backpacks anyway. And like, as you know, my backpacks were really heavy. And I went into this um bathroom and like I couldn't get my two backpacks in. And I was like, OK, I'm going to have to leave one outside the door. And I was like, oh, I just hope nobody robs it while I'm in here. Um, but yeah, I went to the bathroom. I paid the one or two dollars to go. And then I left again. And that's another thing. Most places you you have to pay for the toilet as well. And sometimes toilet paper. So afterwards I got out and I got back up to the bridge across the road. And I was just waiting. And I, w- I didn't actually even know was the bus coming. But I just stood confident. And I just kept looking at the signs on the top of the buses. They would have these you know, kind of paper or electronic signs saying where they were going. And I just was like, okay, just keep looking at the buses and pretend you know what you're doing. And as you know, already, like I just was faking it most of the time. I was like, yep, I know where I'm going, but you have to do that. You have to, because if you look like you're lost, uh, somebody could just come and take advantage, you know, so you just have to pretend. And you know what? Like, I think four or five people came up to me at that bus stop and they were like where are you going um let you know let me help you and even one guy like came to me and he stood with me until my bus came and he was showing me which bus stop to go to and he was like come on come on like taking my hand and like at the time I was like oh my god where's this man bringing me but like this is what I'm telling you like they have such good hearts and and you'll know like you'll know by how they are and he showed me the bus to get on I got on the bus and I paid the money and it like cost me like 75 cents and I sat in the bus and I was like oh my god thank god I'm on the way I'm on the way and I was supposed to be going to a couch surfing that day so it was also me I also had that worry in my head I was like where am I staying tonight who is this person so yeah it was a stressful journey and when I got on the bus then like every five minutes the bus would stop and they would someone get on and try and sell sweets and so you have to be ready for that as well and the music is blaring and yeah it's just so funny the bus journeys they, they do provide a lot of entertainment because you have people coming on and off at every bus stop selling things you know if you're hungry it's great um, the music and just the advertisements that go on and off it's just so funny so, after about two hours or so, I arrived into Santana and I decided to get off the bus and hop on another bus to a town outside to find my couchsurfing host. Actually, this didn't quite go as to plan. Um, I ended up in a town. There was, like, some takeaway shop and then there was, like, some other smaller shops. But basically, there was nothing there. And I found the, the house, thank God. It was actually across from a police station, so I I felt some sense of security because I thought at least if something, if I wasn't comfortable or something, at least I know the police are across the road. But then again, you know, some people say, are the police all that safe? But, you know, each has their own opinion. So I went to this couch surf and it turned out the guy wasn't even there. I was, I was welcomed by a guy who was his friend and I got into the house and I sat there and again guys my Spanish was very poor at this time and I kept asking like oh when is he coming back and he said maybe in an hour so then I waited an hour he never came back and at this stage I was getting really hungry you know I had taken off from El Tunco in the morning very early I was quite stressed as it was because of the whole journey that day wondering would I arrive going into San Salvador so I was so hungry and I just said oh look I'm really hungry like can I go somewhere to eat because the guy was taking forever and eventually the guy was like okay go on out so he opened the big doors and I went out and I left my bags and like I just trusted I just had trust that it would be okay so when I had something to eat then I came back and the guy still wasn't back and I was waiting and waiting and I thought oh god like it's going to get dark soon and the host still isn't here and then in the end the guy said oh he's inviting you into the the other town where he has another house and you can go there and stay there instead. And I just thought, okay, like this doesn't sound mm, too appealing. And I just, I didn't feel at ease at all. I, I literally just wanted a bed to lie down and just relax after the day of traveling. So in the end, I just said, look, I, I'm going to have to go. And I decided I would just find a hostel and I had no idea how to get back to Santana I just knew that like I had an hour or so of sunlight. So I got my bags. He left me out the big gate, thank God. And I went back to Santana. And like the Salvadorians are just amazing people because on the way back in the bus, like they knew I was struggling, like my big bags. And like I was meant to get off at one stop and I never got off. And then I got off on another stop that I wasn't supposed to get off on. And they literally pulled me up onto the bus from my backpack. Like they, they caught the top of it by my, by my hair and like ripped me up onto the bus. Like they, they, they were just so lovely. And then you're sitting on the bus and there's bloody chickens and there's, oh, it's just so funny. So funny. But I got back to Santana, and there was a guy on the bus again. And he said, look, I'll show you where our hostel is. He got off the bus. He got off the bus with me. That wasn't his stop got off and he he walked with me for 5 or 10 minutes to show me where my hostel was he brought me there i just thought like these people oh they're just the best so amazing so i went to my hostel and safe and sound i arrived i had a bed i was amongst travelers again and all was good and well so i went on a couple of adventures when i was in santa ana i went to santa ana volcano which is the highest volcano in el salvador Oh my, like you have to do it if you go. It is not like any other volcano I've seen. And you hike up to the top. It maybe takes like an hour. And when you get there, there's this huge kind of crater. And in the center, there's this like green sulfurous liquid that's, oh, it's just amazing. It's just boiling up. And you have all these like, not fumes, but like steam. And it's just like Mother Earth. Like when you see it, you're like, wow, wow. I am a little speck of dust in this vast multiplex universe. It's just mind-blowing. And you can actually look up online as well if you want on NASA and you can see pictures of this volcano. Absolutely incredible sight. It has had some severe eruptions and one such eruption, car-sized volcano rocks were thrown into the atmosphere. Like, imagine that. And also, because of it's volcanic, so the soil around it would be very fertile. So when we were on route there, we got to stop off and see all these kind of coffee plantations. And people, like, they risk their lives, like, you know, growing coffee on grounds right next to a volcano. It's like, are you mad? But also, it's like, I need to earn money. So, you know, But it was an incredible day out. And the hike is very durable and the police actually escort you up and they have guns and it's not to be alarmed or anything. Like, this is very common in El Salvador, like when you go to petrol stations, all sorts of things like that, you see policemen or guards with big guns and it's quite unusual coming from Ireland because the guards don't carry the same armor or weaponry, you know, so, but you, you feel protected, you know. It's better to see them with guns than, you know what I mean? So that was lovely that we had that kind of escort up and down just to be taken care of. And they they enjoy it. Like I chatted with one of the policemen and we I actually walked with him back, back the whole volcano and we chatted the whole way down all about Ireland, El Salvador. He said he doesn't you know, that he loved watching all the documentaries about Europe and Ireland and that was so interesting. I thought, Oh, you've you've watched a documentary on Ireland. That's that's amazing. And yeah, it was really lovely and he said he loved working with tourists. So again, we see many volcanoes in El Salvador and earthquakes are common and is actually on the eastern edge of the Pacific Ring of Fire. So this very volcanic, this very shaky zone of the earth. The other few days in Santana, I went to visit some waterfalls. I went to visit some local towns and just talk with the warm, hospitable people taste the coffee eat pupusas so pupusas are like corn tortillas with beans and rice and they're like so cheap like I I used to get like three of them for one dollar so you can really survive on very little money for a long time and that's why it's really attractive for the backpacker one of the waterfalls I visited was in a place called Waiuya I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it's on Las Ruta de las Flores, so the root of the flowers. And again, we hiked through rainforest. Um, El Salvador is about 5% rainforest, so it has quite little cover compared to other of the other Central American countries. Um, And they're, they're really trying to work on that because a lot of it is, you know, cut down for timber but anyways this rainforest was stunning and again we got to a gorgeous waterfall and I kind of like climbed up the kind of pavements there's like these stepped pavements at the back of it and you could just bathe underneath it and if you imagine that sun hitting you and just being able to dive into it and jump off the pavements it was just amazing and one of the guys there I was laughing because he was calling me a goat 'Cause he was like, You're climbing up and you're like a you're like a mountain goat. <laughs> I was laughing, I was like, Yep, I'm a goat. But yeah, we got some lovely pictures there, and then we toured around some of the local towns and we bought papayas, exotic fruits, melons, and the melons were like one of the girls bought a melon, it was like the size of her whole torso, kind of it was it was that big, like she needed we needed like two people to carry it. So the fruits there are just stunning. One of the kind of biggest environmental concerns that maybe people aren't aware of are fish egg harvesting so basically people would illegally sell the fish eggs onto individuals or companies whoever it may be and then it could be made into caviar perhaps and as we've seen previously like that that those fish which could actually feed Many populations on coastal areas around the world could feed so many. But instead they take the eggs out to feed just a few who can actually afford it. It's causing like big drops in marine life. Especially on the Pacific coast. And it's really like it's a dirty industry. It's horrible. And it's very similar as well to the shark fin industry. So if you're not aware there are people out in boats, trawlers... They catch the sharks, they take their fins off and they drop them back in and then they're dead. And they're literally taking a fin. Like that's how sick it is. And it is sad. I know it's hard to hear this. But again, we must be aware of it to kind of learn about it and see how we can prevent it. And having swam and dived with sharks and turtles, I just couldn't think of a worse thing to do to these beautiful animals like they're so precious they're so intelligent and they're just magnificent in all their beauty like swimming alongside a shark is is profoundly moving I I just don't see how people (laughs) at times I just feel like what happened to humanity that that we do this you know and we need to step up and become more intelligent and become active in our choices that we make every day. So say for example, you're looking to buy furniture for your house. Could you get it second hand? Can you buy from a a reused shop because buying new is just creating more waste and more demand for cutting down more trees for more timber and, you know, for a rare more rare species like, you know, ebony mahogany and stuff like that you can also like buy recycled paper and you know I see it in the shops all the time now nearly all supermarkets offer recycled toilet paper and um, reused wooden products like you don't really need to buy new um, because there, we have actually enough we have enough stuff on the planet also another reason why they're at the forests is for mining so, jewellery, um, do you buy gold, do you buy silver, do you buy rare metals? Can you ask your jeweller where the gold is from? You know, all of these kind of questions are really essential in driving change. And again, try to buy secondhand so we're not like further destructing the environment. And also, just please, please, please be aware when you're on social media and you see I see it all the time you know people with big big followings like millions of people watching them who have money and they're advertising products which are you know from fast fashion which are from companies that don't give back to the environment like there's many companies out there now that are putting money back into the planet like you have people who are putting one dollar of every purchase into protecting the rainforest or they're planting a tree so like all of these kind of practices are useful when you want to give back to the planet so if you're buying new try to look at the ethos of the company is it giving back something because there are hundreds and thousands now doing this and this is very 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 positive so just be aware of that when you see online people advertising things make sure you check for yourself like use your own power when you're looking just because somebody looks a certain way with a certain product like it's not going to just bring happiness and joy like the person is is portraying it to be you know you you really have to figure this out for yourself because the way our world works is that we live in an externalized um, material world where we believe that buying equals happiness and that's not true. Like you get a you get an instant dopamine hit, and, and the companies know how to do this. Social media knows how to do this. You have to be very careful, um, with how social media can manipulate your brain. And I just want you to be aware of that. Like for me, I'm 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 moving away from the consumerism model. Like I see people advertising all the time products we don't need them. We just don't. You know yes I believe that creating new products made from sustainable materials this is positive you know like buying a toothbrush we'll say made of bamboo like yes I see that as important but just fast fashion and new 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 products they are not going to bring anybody happiness like and that fast fashion industry is so dirty as well like it's the second polluter globally so just be aware of that as well. And I really want to kind of promote optimism and positivity in our changes. And like if you are making changes, please let me know. I would love to know. Or if you have tips or if you have any information about what I've talked about, I would love to hear from you. And yeah, just make a community out of this of positive action together. And as we are coming to the end of today's episode, I wanted to share something that I found super interesting And I was telling my brother about it and he was like, what? Did you know that Jupiter has 79 moons? Like, take that in for a second. Can you imagine standing on Jupiter right now and looking into the sky and being like, whoa, 79 moons. And they say like 50 something of them have been named, but the others not yet. And I'm just like, wow. And again, this is all like environmental awareness, just like being aware of what's out there. You know, we don't we don't just live in our heads like, oh, what am I going to eat today? Like be aware of what's out there. Like it's it's so vast. It's so immense. It's so it's so interesting. Like I, I when I found out how many moons were there, I was like, hey, this is just too cool to not share. So this week, how about. You have a look up into the sky when you see the moon. If these clouds clear in Ireland, well, they haven't cleared yet and have a look and just imagine looking up and seeing 79 moons and not one moon. Because <laughs> when I see our moon, I'm like, oh, she's so pretty. And then I'm like, wow, like there's so many moons out there on all, even on all the other planets. Well, there, a couple of them don't have any moons, but, you know, Saturn as well has a good few. I don't know, 60 or something like that. Um, but this is just amazing and I just want to promote how much like awareness that we can have about our planets and just fall in love with the the earth and the galaxy and the solar system and be aware of how beautiful the place we live in is right guys I am wrapping up now I want to say thank you again to the patrons for making this episode happen and if you are getting value from these episodes, Patreon is an amazing way of giving back and it makes the hours and the energy that I put into this really worthwhile. And I'm, I'm really grateful for everybody who signed up and I look forward to continuing this uh, podcast with all of you. So I'm wishing you a beautiful day loads of positive vibes at the moment it's lashing in Ireland it is lashing that i haven't seen the sun in days so i'm just saying all this rain is fabulous for the trees and my plants and all the growth that the land needs um but yeah i'm sending all the good vibes to everybody who's lacking vitamin d these last few days and have an awesome evening and a great week ahead and don't forget to get in touch if you want to share anything with me environmentally or give me feedback or anything like that have a lovely day guys ciao